Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Levers. Hello, everybody. It's the Queen Mum. The Queen of England here, saying to please listen to that incredibly awesome Dr. Steve and that bloody wanker James Brickwell on Wrong and Wronger. And you have Wrong and Wronger this week. You've tuned in. Good for you. Good on you. James Brickwell, how are you doing today, my friend? I would just like to point out the Queen has much better fashion sense than that. <laughs> I don't think she'd ever be caught dead wearing what you're wearing. I don't understand your point, because I've got the Queen Mum's hat right here on my head. I will say, though, this way, it's okay to insult British people. I think it was one of the few demographic groups that's okay to go after, so no, no meaningful feelings were hurt today, so we're okay as far as that goes. I don't know. They get pretty defensive about the Queen. <laughs> Just don't go after tea and we'll be fine. Ah, and crumpets, which I yeah. don't know what that is. I, but Yes, it is a mystery to everyone in America. We will never know. Do you know what a crumpet is? I don't know what a crumpet is. Why would I know what a crumpet is? Nobody knows what a crumpet know. is. I don't know. You have this weird knowledge of it's random a, stuff that nobody cares about. It's one of those weird British words they just make up to confuse you. It's like sending somebody <laughs> like snipe hunting. It's not, it's not real. You'll sit there at the table waiting for your crumpets forever, and it will never come. They don't exist. Oh, wow. Breakwell attacking the Brits. Ah, the whole UK is <laughs> no, in just attacking right crumpets. Now. That's all I'm attacking. <laughs> Well, you have tuned into the broadcast where Breakwell and I insult on a global scale, everybody, <laughs> and we debate topics that everyone in the world has an opinion about, but they all kind of keep it, pardon the pun, under their hat for fear of reprisal. And James, given that we're deep into January and that the weather has been very strange on both extremes, what are we going to debate today? We're going to do snow, good or bad. Should you root for it? Should you not root for it? I don't know. We're going to find out. Root for snow, yay or no. We can make yes. a whole Dr. Seuss book out of this. <laughs> Before we get to the debate and the Guam Quarter of Fate, which, James, today I'm in my professional office because Ooh. I am a nomad, I'll tell you. <laughs> my office at home, my studio still not quite up to snuff, so we're in my professional office. The Guam Quarter has, has made its rounds around the country and around Nashville, but... Two things I wanted to bring up today before we get to the debate. One is the doggone poll this week. Did you see the results? <laughs> I won by nine votes. If God, anybody out there ever off. tells you your vote doesn't matter, it does matter, but only if you have eight friends who vote the same way. Nine <laughs> votes? <laughs> That's all it was. And I won. I don't know how I didn't win by a thousand votes because steak is clearly so much better than lobster. But you know what? A win is a win, and I will take my nine-vote victory. Thank you, everyone who voted correctly. Wow. I like how your personality is such that you'll be angry even with a victory. That's good. <laughs> we'll be I will be angry no matter what. <laughs> Nine freaking votes. All of the doctor team Steve needs to mobilize their forces. Get on the phone. Call your relatives to vote. 
man, it was hard for me to deal with, James, because on Twitter, <laughs> I was winning the entire week. I was tracking that darn thing, and your Facebook contingent somehow bumped you just barely over the line. And that, you beat Usain Bolt by a nose. The Facebook vote is so small, too. Small but mighty. They make a big difference, so thank you, Facebook, for getting it right for once. <laughs> Well, that was a rather annoying part of my morning, waking up, and both interns came up with the same number, which was also disheartening to me because I couldn't even say there's hanging chads that we need to count somewhere. And what was so your second was item? Thinking, I, 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 I'm, you know, baited with bated breath here. Please tell me your second housekeeping item. Second housekeeping item has to do with something that we ironically brought up like two weeks ago and just happened to you. As I found out when I opened your email this morning and read your, your column that you oh, send yeah. out to all of your email subscribers, yes. you and I have met a similar fate at different points in our <laughs> lives. Even though we were roughly the same age when it happened, we've both been fired from a major newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were fired from a newspaper. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I told you that a couple weeks ago when I said I ran a column in the New Year's resolution column. So here's, was, here's was, where you went wrong. You assume that I listen to anything you say. This is, oh, <laughs> this is why I'm refreshing your memory. Okay. I didn't. Uh, we sort of implied that that column got me fired, but I got downsized for exactly the same reason that you got downsized. So I felt a little kindred spiritness with you. And just to be I mean, like, I wasn't a full-time reporter. This was just one of my many, many gigs. But still, yeah, they gave me the boot. It's like, if you can't afford me, and I work so cheap, if you can't afford that, newspapers are in trouble. So, so maybe it was just an excuse. Maybe they just wanted me out of there, and it was time. Like, boy, we can't afford the 20 bucks to pay you this week, James. You're out of here. Who knows? Uh, but I'm gone. Wow. So. <laughs> I got 75 bucks a column back it, when I was doing it, was, it about it, 20 years ago. It was more than $20, I will say that. But but the value of, like, a tweet is actually, sure. like, was exponentially more than what they were paying me. Like, had they been like, hey, we'll pay you to advertise, I would have charged them, like, 10 times more than what they were paying me. And I was giving them a tweet and a Facebook post for free. So, really, they were coming out money ahead. But newspapers don't think like that. They just think in terms of get that guy out of there, which they did. Mission accomplished. <laughs> the Indy Star will be 100% break well free after this week. <laughs> if only wrong and wronger could match criteria. <laughs> Well, I read that and I was, uh, I just kind of chuckled to myself thinking this is the fate that lands everybody who is an independent contractor with a newspaper in today's era. Yeah. And you know, I quit newspapers once before. I was a full-time reporter for a while. I thought this industry is going nowhere and I hate the job. Yeah. I'm out of here. Then 10 years later, I came back and dipped my toe in it. And I got that toe bitten <laughs> off by a shark. So clearly for once in my life, I made the right decision. At least this wasn't my full-time job or I would be in trouble right now. But your last column appeared, I guess, Sunday? Yeah, it appeared in print on Sunday, and it's going to show up online sometime this week. Unless they also subscribe to my email newsletter, in which case it might never appear online. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see just how many bridges I burn. If you're not on that email list, you need to sign up. It's a good time. All the it really info. is. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, anyway, I read that this morning and thought, ah, it's kind of serendipitous that we just brought this up. You don't remember, but I'm going to bring it up and refresh your memory, which you also won't remember. But it's just a perfect storm of timing that we didn't record last night. We're recording after that newsletter came out. That is true. All right. Well, I have in my midst the Guam quarter fate. So the two sides are root for snow or root for no snow. Yes. And which were the two sides represent? All right. You? Heads, I root for snow. Tails, I root against snow. All right. Heads is snow. Tails is no snow. It is up. It is down. And it is 
tails. It is whoa! It is Guam. What? You have no snow. Well, that's that's good because, as you know, as a reader of my newsletter, I am ardently <laughs> anti-snow, and I rant against it every week. You get the cold no matter what. Kids don't want to play in the cold, but if you get cold and snow, suddenly you got to take them outside. you got to spend an hour dressing them up. They go outside for 20 minutes. They start freezing. You start spending an hour taking their clothes back off, and you got to make them hot chocolate. you got to dry all the wet stuff. It's a mess. If you just get the cold and no snow, life is manageable. Also, I don't know if you've noticed how the weather works, but terrible storms almost always hit on nights and weekends where things get just good enough that you still have to go out and go to work and run your errands. They just take four times as long, and, they, and they make, it makes them deadly. And your boss is sitting there thinking, why did it take you two hours to get to work? Why didn't you leave two hours earlier? It's like, you should cut into your own time rather than their time. It makes everything difficult. It makes everything dangerous. And there's no upside. So I am anti-snow as far as it goes. James, I'm hoping, like the Grinch, your heart can grow three sizes <laughs> through the course of this debate. Because you have no soul if you don't True. like snow in the wintertime. <laughs> Winter is only cold and yucky and gray and disturbing from a mental health standpoint without snow. Snow makes everybody happy. You see the snow coming down with those big rice, uh, not rice crispy chunks, the cornflakes. <laughs> they look like cornflakes. The rice crispy ones are the ones that hurt your face when they hit what you. Do, what does snow look like where you live? Have you seen snow? When I was a kid, man, we had different kinds of cereal. The best snow was the honeycomb cereal snow. That was the stuff we loved, the huge chunks that came down. Then there was Rice Krispies. That was about the most common. I'm sorry. God, I keep saying Rice Krispie. Cornflakes. Cornflakes were the next one. And then Rice Krispies were the small little pellet, like icy pellet snow that mess up your face when they get in your, like, your nose and you get it in the front of your mask when you're wearing a, a muffler over your face. But anyway... <laughs> Snow makes winter purposeful. You had pictures of your children frolicking. And when, as an adult, do you get to frolic, James? Like, uh, you start trudging into adulthood and the grind <laughs> hits you, and frolicking takes a back seat to just grinding. Now, snow lets you frolic. You hook some skis onto your feet, you fire up the snowmobile and get out there, or you just have a good old-fashioned snowball fight with the neighborhood children, even though you're like 36 years old and you probably <laughs> injure a kid, get a lawsuit. But snow gives winter purpose. I like having things that are fun. And without snow, without outdoor activities, what good is winter? I don't know how people in Florida can have a decent Christmas without a little bit of snow on the ground. And furthermore, nobody in Florida gets a snow day. Kids don't understand the joy of waking up and turning on the local news at 5 in the morning to watch the crawler at the bottom. Or turning on the radio at 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee, going through the whole list of closings. Ah, when you hear your county, it's like some Someone just gave you a little shot of adrenaline in an IV tube. It's fantastic. Snow makes everything fun. James, what do you have against fun? I have everything against fun because you're lying. It's not actually fun. It's awful. You use the key word trudging in there. You have to trudge through snow. It's, it's a huge huge burden what? to even move through it. It makes it difficult to get no. to your car. Okay, let me tell you, let's talk about frolicking. Let's talk about fun. Steve, who oh, okay. in your house shovels the driveway? Oh, well, first of all, I live in Nashville. God <laughs> shovels our driveway. <laughs> so if you, you wait 12 minutes, it'll be 38 degrees again. You have been out of the game so long. You don't remember what it's like to shovel a driveway, to have 60 feet of concrete 
10 feet wide, and you've got to shovel 12 inches of it off there. Probably while it's still snowing, it's going to fill right back up, or it's going to blow back over, or some jerk of a snowplow is going to put a three-pound mound of ice at the end of your driveway, and you got to get out there with a hammer and chisel to break through. And as far as snow days, like, yeah, when I was a kid, I looked forward to them, and then you realize the catch. In most states, you need 180 days of school, period. Yeah. End of discussion. Yeah. There's no way yeah. around it. So if you get a snow day, you end up having to go to school on like MLK Day or President's Day or Summer Day or two days further into summer. Like it gets you back. It's delayed gratification. Except instead of having that day off when it's warm and fun outside, you can actually run around and frolic for real. You have the day off when there are like death-like conditions outside where if you're outside with exposed skin for 30 seconds, it's going to freeze off. <laughs> Why would you want to have your day off then? It's all about, I mean, only a child's mind could think that's a good thing. And let me tell you something. When they hit that makeup day, they do not think it's a good day. They do not think it's a good day at all. I mean, this, this is part of growing up. You realize that that snow is just hurting everybody. It's hurting kids. It's hurting adults. <laughs> it's hurting your back. It's hurting your heart. You know how many senior citizens drop dead because they have to try to shovel their own driveways because somebody like you is too lazy to help them out? That's what oh happens, Steve. God. There, it is. People are dropping dead out there from snow. They're dying in car wrecks. I mean, why do you hate humanity? I would like people to live. And that is why I am anti-snow. End of discussion. All right, all right Mr. Heat Miser. Uh, and boy, <laughs> James Breakwell, up with people. Listen to you all of a sudden. <laughs> Altruistic. Just, just this week, this argument only. <laughs> Delayed gratification. I don't know what nine-year-old can delay that gratification. Nine-year-olds don't care what's happening in mid-May to June. Like, they just want a day off right now. I, I realize, James, your childhood was destroyed by somebody. I, I don't know who did it to you, but just knowing where you're at as an adult tells me you never had a frolicking-filled childhood. So maybe you didn't have snow where you lived. I, I don't know how it all works, but snow is king. I miss snow. My wife and I talk all the time. When the last kid leaves home, we're going to move north somewhere because we miss that change of seasons. We want crisp autumn. We want snowy winter. And I don't care if you have to deal with one 14-inch snowfall a couple times a year. Like, that's part... By the way, I do agree with you, though. Serial killers and psychopaths drive snowplows. Like, uh, I, I could tell you many stories growing up in Wisconsin, and you probably have them growing up in the North Midwest also. Yeah, I don't know where they find these people. Like, they go to, like, hospitals for the criminally insane, give them all DOT driver's license, and send them out with that blade on the front of their truck. But outside of being able to die with the snowplows, snow is what makes winter fun. You can't argue that point. Only, some, only somebody who lives in Nashville would say they plan to retire and go where there's snow. Because you know what people do when they live in a place with snow? They retire and they move south. They all do it. There are so many people out here who we call snowbirds, who they're here till the first, like the first flakes start falling, and they're off to Florida to their second home, and they are gone till it gets warm. Because you get old, it gets cold, your bones get creaky, and the last thing you want to be doing is walking through slippery snow, or God forbid, driving in it. You know how scary it is when old people drive in the first place? Now add <laughs> snow, and nobody's safe on the road. Okay, it is. Those are death machines in their hands, and that's why they, when they retire, everybody flees the snow. I have never heard of anybody retiring. 
retiring and moving to the snow, and you're not going to do it. You're bluffing because you're gonna you're gonna retire and you're gonna go north. You're gonna spend one season there. You'll be like, oh, well, that was stupid. I remember why I went to Nashville in the first place, and you will never look back because once your life is free of snow, it's amazing. So I I was born in northeastern Iowa where there was a lot more snow <laughs> than there is here, and then we came south and we get you know I, I would say these are mild winters. We get like one big storm a year, yeah. and then now where you yeah. are, you get typically like one big storm like every five years. It goes out. Yeah. The further south you go, the happier you are. Never once have I thought to myself, boy, I wish we were still getting four feet of snow a winter. Not one time have I said that. I've got relatives up in Minneapolis. There was a May 15th, like a year or two ago, they got eight inches of snow out of nowhere because Minneapolis is too cold to support human life. Like, that's just what you expect up there. Out of nowhere, you're walking around in shorts and suddenly you freeze to death. These kind of things can happen. That's what happens in snow country. Stay away from snow. Stay away from the north. Get where it's warm. That's where it's at. James, you're all agitated today because you're getting stir crazy <laughs> because it's cold without snow. You want to go outside and experience life. I all right. You want to, you, oh, I just opened my window. It probably just created a blinding light. You can see there's snow out there, and it's frozen to the ground. You can walk across it without leaving a footprint, like your Legolas and uh, and and you know Return of the King or something. But no, it's uh, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look that one up, Steve. There's a reference for you. <laughs> But it's there, and it's awful. And let me tell you, oh, here, for one final point before I roll the dice, animals. If you have an animal that has to poop and pee outside in your snow-covered yard, there is nothing worse. Because you have to go out there and shovel and reshovel a poop spot and hope that your animal's going to go out there and freeze their butt off to poop rather than doing it in your house on the carpet. I've got a lot of little animals I have to deal with. I do not want to have to be out there shoveling bathroom space for animals. Snow is bad, James, Steve. Remember that. You remember my story about weaponizing frozen dog poop with the snowblower. Like, if you don't like your neighbors, there's nothing better than frozen dog poop and the impounder blade of a snowblower. That's yet another argument for anti-snow, but that's neither here nor there, because I'm going to roll the dice, and those yeah. nine heroic voters who saved me last week <laughs> will come to my aid this week, along with the other hordes of the internet, because who would vote for snow? That's insanity. <laughs> so if you want to vote for me at a snow-free winter, vote for 79. If you want to vote for Steve and insanity and 25 feet of snow trapping you in your house, vote what? for 44. And if you want to throw right. your vote away on a decoy option, which is just as good as voting for Steve, vote for 50, even, just 50. 50? Yes. All right. Yeah, when we retire, we're moving in next to you, Frankwell, because <laughs> my that's why, goal. That's why I'm installing a moat right now. <laughs> You'll be about my age now when I retire, so I can tell. You're going to be a happy, well-adjusted old man. You're not going to be like Walter Matthau. All right, so vote for Breakwell if you don't like uh, people. You like people that get shut in when the misery of winter hits, 79. If you want to have fun with your life and bring a little sliver of childhood into the grind of adulthood, vote 44. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle. Oh, Mickey Mantle was seven, sorry. And uh, if you want to throw away your vote... Which is, uh, you might as well enable that one, break well. 50. All right. Until next week, well, we are going to have another scintillating debate that I'm going to win. I need nine of you to flip your votes this week just to balance the scales of justice. But we'll come back to you with another good debate. And until then, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, tell somebody you haven't even met. Stop them on the bus, rip their earbuds out or those AirPods, and tell them, listen to Wrong and Wronger. Until then, Steve Olivas, the great Steve Olivas, for James the Exploding and Unfun Unicorn saying thanks for listening thanks for watching and remember two wrongs can make a right